mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Psalm 91. No evil shall befall you, no plague shall come near your tent, for God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. You know, dear friends of Christ, today we sing about the angels and, and, and we, we remember them. It's a good thing to think about angels because there's so much misinformation out there. A lot of people think that when we die, we become angels. Well, how foolish is that? Most people haven't even seen an angel, and yet they think when we die, we're going to get some kind of divine power, and we're going to be able to fly here and there with our angel wings and, and be able to have power. You don't have that kind of power today. What makes you think you're going to have that kind of power when you die? Right? You don't. The Bible says we get our bodies back, and we will be what we were created to be. This is, this is what we are. Angels, um, they are messengers of God. That's what their word uh, angel means, messenger. And the angels go from heaven and back and forth, and, and they deliver things. They do God's bidding. That's their job, is to do God's bidding on our behalf, to take care of us, to guard us in all our ways. Now, these angels, I want you to know that they are totally different beings than, than us. They're spiritual in nature. But the angels are even different from each other. You know, we often think about angels in kind of a generic way. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we just think a whole bunch of them and that they don't have names and, and that they're all kind of the same and they just kind of shine. And, and, but no, they're, they're, they're personalities. They're like people, each one different. Some of them like different colors. Some of them are, are perhaps a little more shy. Some of them are outgoing. And do you know that you have a guardian angel on this St. Michael and All Angels Sunday? It's important to know that you have an angel watching over you. And I want you to know your angel has a name. I mentioned that with the kids, but... You know, again, you've heard of uh, Michael. We, we've talked about him in our Old Testament lesson, Michael the archangel. The archangel are the powerful, powerful, mighty angels. Satan himself was the most powerful archangel. And Michael and Gabriel do battle with Satan. And they go back and forth, and, and uh, Michael is his name. And, of course, the Old Testament reading from Daniel said, he's the great prince, that Michael. Michael the archangel is the great prince who protects your people. Jude chapter 9 says, identifies him as an archangel. But Michael the archangel disputed with the devil about the body of Moses. And so the archangels are busy in the background doing stuff that would terrify us if we knew what they had to be doing, as any battlefield is terrifying. The Bible also talks about the archangel Gabriel, and of course you remember Gabriel appeared to Mary and Joseph in a dream, appeared to Zechariah, and said, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. That's what the angels do. They get to stand in the presence of God, and then they're sent to speak to people. I stand in the presence of God, says the angel to Zechariah, and I'm sent to speak to you. And six months later we read, And God sent the angel Gabriel to a town, town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin named Mary. These guardians, these, these guardian angels that protect us, they're personal beings. They're not kind of forces. 
uh, you know, impersonal forces. No, uh, they have personalities and and beings. And uh, again, let's learn about the truth of angels this morning as we consider the truth about angels. When angels appear in Scripture, oftentimes they appear, well, they always appear in the form of men. Otherwise, we can't see them. And so the Bible always shows them appearing as a man, as a male. And, ne- and then the Bible gives them male names. Every single angel has a male name. And the Bible gives them male pronouns, he and him, not she and her. But it's interesting, if you look at angels as they're depicted in, by artwork and angels as they're depicted by the world, uh, you, you open up books, how many times do you see the angels appear as a woman? A lot. You see a lot of angelic women. Um, and the Bible it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't say anything about giving angels feminine traits. As a matter of fact, uh, they're very powerful. And so I don't know why the artists have done that. Uh, the Bible never depicts them that way. They're always very, very powerful beings. And if you grew up praying Martin Luther's morning and evening prayer, you know, from the catechism, uh, you pray. And you say, let your holy angel be with me that the evil foe, Satan, may have no power over me. Let my angel protect me tonight. And let my angel protect me throughout the day. Angels are real. And our gradual this morning, which is taken from Psalm 91, which is where I'm taking my sermon, God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. The angels are here to protect us. And you often don't think about thanking your angel for his daily watching and guarding and protecting because we're supposed to thank Jesus. We're not supposed to worship these angels. They're just doing what God has bid them to do. They're just doing what God has given them the power to do. They're just doing God's work like you're doing God's work. God is in the, in the end the one to be praised and he alone. Of course, here, though, in, in, the, uh, it's, in, in Psalm 91, it's talking about the angelic protection in plural. The angels are sent concerning you. So there are a multitude of angels. And uh, in Matthew, it's, it's, it's singular. As he describes the little children. See that you do not despise any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angel always sees the face of my Father. And so everybody has an angel that sees the face of God. Daniel says, an angel was sent before me, and the angel was sent before the face of God. And before the face of God, the angel was sent to give Daniel a message. Your guardian angel. And he has a name. Your guardian angel has a name. Now, you may not know it right now, but you will someday. But maybe you ought to give your guardian angel a name. I mean, it doesn't hurt, right? Give your guardian angel a name. I I can assure you he knows your name. He knows your name and he loves you very much because he watches over you and and takes care of you. You know, people name their cars. They name their dogs. They have their pets. They name their guns. You know, we, we name things to personalize them. Well, let's personalize the angel. Give your angel a name. Daniel's angel talked to him in our Old Testament lesson. And, and he talked to him in a very tender and loving way. He said, oh, Daniel, Daniel, I have, I have a message to you from our God. 
And he says, but you, Daniel, I want you to shut up the words and seal this book until, until the end of the world. And you shall rest in that day, and you shall stand in your allotted place. God protects his people. And he protects his people with angels. And the Bible is filled with examples of how God has sent angels to protect his people. And your, angel, your guardian angel is doing no different than the stories of the angels throughout the Bible. If you could only know what your guardian angel has done to protect you. For example, we all remember the story of Daniel, right? Daniel in the lion's den. And, of course, the lions didn't devour Daniel because the angels kept their mouths closed. In the book of 2 Kings, the Bible says that God sent the destroying angel um, to protect Jerusalem from the northern enemy of Assyria. Assyria was coming down, attacking God's people. And God said, I will shield this city to rescue it for my sake. It happened that night. The Lord's angel went out and killed 185,000 soldiers in the Assyrian camp. They never knew what hit them. 185,000 soldiers, one angel. And they went out the next day. And when the Judeans got up the next morning, they saw all the corpses. (laughs) Wow. I mean, that's incredible. And then people think, well, when I, when I die, I'm going to become an angel. Really? You think so? And, and the Bible doesn't say that. And then we have the angels show up in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, of course, the fire is so hot that the two guys that threw them in died from the heat. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego aren't burned because the angel embraces them, envelops them, keeps them safe from the heat. So I don't want you to think that these angel stories are just a thing of the past. The angels are still very active today in every way. Um, and and these are not fantasy stories like, you know, Batman and Robin or, or Superman. No, these are real superheroes. These are the powerful beings sent from God to watch over you. Powerful, powerful beings. But the Bible warns us, don't worship them. Don't pray to them the way we pray to God. Don't call out to them the way we call out to God. Don't talk to them in prayer. Don't treat them like God. Don't worship them. You see, these angels worship with us. Philippians reminds us of that. It says, at the name of Jesus, every knee, including the angels, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The angels worship the Lord with us. The angels bow before the Lord with us. The angels serve the Lord with us. The angels praise the name of God with us. They join us in our hymns. They sing His praises. But they're perfect and sinless. They honor Jesus' name. You know, we break the second commandment. We misuse God's name. The angels don't. At the name of Jesus, they bow. At the name of Jesus, the angelic armies moved. And they fall on their faces and they worship. I want you to think about angels in the terms of military might. Our military is kind of in ranks. And you have ranks of different type of soldiers. And like our military, if a higher ranked officer enters into a room filled with soldiers, that whole room rises to attention. And that's the way it is with the angelic kingdom. 
at the sound of Jesus' name. Jesus' name is important. And Acts says that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name given among men under heaven by which we must be saved. I want you to think of Jesus this way. He's the one through whom this whole angelic army flows. He's the commander-in-chief. This whole powerful thing that we can't even see what's going on is controlled by God himself. And the angels obey his every command. They go to and fro from his heavenly throne in his face down to earth. From his heavenly throne in his face down to earth. From his heavenly throne down to earth. How many times has your guardian angel gone to the very presence of God and then into your room? And, and again, these angels have to travel. They travel back and forth. They're not like God. God is always with us. The angels aren't like God. They aren't always with you. They're traveling here and there. But they know when they need to be there with you. C.S. Lewis says, you know, that empty space that we call empty space is really not empty space at all. He says it's filled with heavenly beings. And he's right. The Bible says there are more heavenly beings than there are people. You can even imagine the myriads and myriads of heavenly beings. The Bible talks about the angels, but he talks about the archangels, the the powerful ones. He talks about the the guardian angels. He talks about the, the, the fiery angels. Those are terrifying beings. They're angels of fire to do God's bidding and judgment. And then you have the cherubim. They're the ones who, who sing about the glory of God. They're the angelic choir. And then you've got the weird creatures uh, in Revelation with uh, uh, you know, human faces and, and animal bodies or animal faces and human bodies. The one with four faces covered with eyes. <laughs> weird creatures. The Bible talks about principalities and powers and dominions. Remember the first time you looked through a pond water in, uh, you put a, a drop of pond water on a slide and you, you put a little thing on top of it, put it underneath the mic- microscope. Remember that? The first time you looked at that? You remember all the life that was going and how surprised you were to see all those microorganisms swimming around, tons and thousands of them, microscopic little beings? You never knew they existed. Uh, that's the way the heavenly kingdom is. And one day we'll get to see them. However, with all this angelic activity, we wonder, well, if it's so prevalent, why in the world don't we get to see it more often? Why, why, aren't, why, why don't we have more direct evidence of this angelic activity? Why don't angels show up today the way they did back in the Bible? And why aren't we allowed to see? Why aren't we allowed to see their, these marvelous creatures of God? Well, Luther tried to answer this question. He said, well, my answer is that Jesus, the Son and heir of all things, has appeared and he's been sent. When Jesus is present with us, there's no need of angelic messaging. (laughs) I guess that's probably true. This brings us, however, to the difficult part of angels. If they are meant to protect us and they are powerful, then why do bad things happen to us? If they are our guardians, 
Paul was, the Bible says, Paul was tormented by a messenger. Remember, messenger means angel. Paul was tormented by a messenger of the devil. He was tormented by an angel of Satan. Why would God allow that? See, that's, that's strange. Why would God let Paul struggle with a messenger of Satan? The angels do it all the time. Why not let us wrestle with them occasionally, right? But we don't really know. Acts chapter 12 uh, talks about how King Herod killed James, the brother of John. Killed him. Why didn't the angels protect James? And then when King Herod decides that he wants to kill Peter, God sends an angel to protect him. Strange. Let's James die, but sends an angel to protect Peter. And what about all the difficult things that happen in the world with just you and I, all the suffering and all the pain and all the tragedy? Why don't the angels protect us during natural disasters, during those times? Where are the angels of God when there's, when there's danger and death and the devil stalk the lambs of God? Difficult questions. Well, to answer that, I want to take us back to the Garden of Gethsemane. Because it's here at the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus is praying, and he's praying all alone. Now, the angels have appeared before him to encourage him, to strengthen him, and they did appear to encourage him and strengthen him, but they didn't take away the cup of suffering. And Jesus prays, don't let me die. Don't let me drink the cup of God's wrath for the sin of all people. I don't want to have to be punished for the sin of the whole world. You know how painful that's going to be not just physically i'm not worried about the nails i'm not worried about being dying on a cross i'm worried about my heavenly father forsaking me if there's any other way father let it pass from me and he begged his heavenly father to deliver him from the drinking of the cup of god's wrath for our sins and remember the angels didn't come to save him did they And if the angels, if there are times when Jesus was meant to suffer and God understands that, don't you think that God understands as he puts all this together, the brokenness of the world, that there are times when we are meant to suffer too? And for whatever reason? Jesus drank that cup of wrath. He drank that cup of suffering. He did it willingly. And he didn't call upon the help of men. And he didn't call upon the help of angels. Oh, he could have. Remember Peter? How Peter tried to protect him when they arrested Jesus? Peter pulled out his sword, cut off Malchus' ear, and Jesus said, put your sword away. Don't you know that I'd pray to my heavenly Father, he'll at once send more than 12,000 legions of angels, and you can remember what one angel did. Can you imagine what 12,000 legions would do? Jesus says, I don't need to call upon the angels. It's my time to suffer. And my friends, if Satan can have his way with our Savior, what can you imagine Satan's going to have his way with you from time to time? However, since Jesus chose to drink from the cup of suffering, since Jesus chose to allow himself to suffer and die for us, to be our Savior, we're now freed from Satan's power. Satan has no dominion over you. Well, that doesn't mean that he can't, you know, kind of, 
have some fun with you from time to time. Doesn't mean he can't push you around a little bit, but he can't conquer you. He can't defeat you. He has no power. We're free from Satan's power. Sin, death, the devil has been conquered. Yes, the devil may be able to bother us while we're during our days here on earth, but his days are numbered. The angels may not have come to save Christ from his suffering, but the angels did show up at his resurrection. The angels did appear to let us know the victory of God. And in the end, I think that's probably the duty of your guardian angel. To protect you in faith so that you not fall away to the evil one. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.